dear friends and welcome to another uh, 30-40 minutes or so with me. <laughs> Today I have a super special and beautiful episode to share with you. As you might know, actually you might not know, um, I have been writing and publishing four books up until today. Uh, there will be a fifth one together with many record. Either way, books and literature and poetry and the whole community around it is so dear to me. I found really my place in the world when I started publishing books and reading a lot of books and involving myself with a community of other writers and poets. I found that, oh, these are my people. They get me. They are also interested in these kinds of topics. And I, I care about it so much, even though I definitely wouldn't consider myself an academic poet or, you know, super high, high up lit literate. I can't even say the words, as you notice. But I am very grateful to have a small part in that world. The beautiful woman I'm talking to today is called Scarlett Ward. She is a poet, an author, a spoken word artist from England. She was nominated for Best Spoken Word Performer in the UK this year. And she has a new poetry collection out called Ache, published by Verve Press. I had heard about Scarlett from some of my followers uh, who kept sharing her things with me and just being fans of her. And I obviously followed her and I love everything she's doing. She is... A super talented poet. She writes about mental health and a lot of subjects that also are very dear to me. So I hope that you will enjoy this episode and afterwards go follow her on Twitter or Instagram or pick up her new book, Ache. It's a super beautiful collection of poems and something that I really truly want to support. Yes, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy it and thank you for being you. Uh, so Scarlett Ward, welcome to my podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Yeah, I'm so happy you're here. Uh, where where are you now in England? So I live in quite a small little town called Cannock. It's kind of the Midlands area, but it's kind of one of those places where it's close enough to a capital city. So uh, no, second capital, Birmingham. So if anyone ever asks, it's like, oh, I live in Birmingham, but it's about half an hour away oh okay <laughs> easier to say yeah Birmingham <laughs> oh but that's cool and uh, is, is Birmingham mostly where you go to perform or do you go everywhere um so yeah Birmingham has got a really great poetry scene um I think one of the great things about being slightly outside of Birmingham is that it gives me the opportunity to tour slightly smaller towns as well um so my dad used to have a cafe in Cannock, which is like the smaller part of the area um, and it gave so many more people like opportunity to gig who maybe can't make it to Birmingham um, because like I say there is a huge poetry scene there but there's a lot of like little periphery towns that kind of don't get as much attention so it's cool to gig in Birmingham but there's a lot of other little hidden gems like of towns that are kind of surrounding it. Mm. Oh that's cool. <laughs> So we jumped straight into this now. Uh, we're going to take it back a little bit. So for the listeners who don't know what you do, um, in a few words, this is probably the hardest question you will get today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
who are you and what do you do? Wow. That is a deep question, isn't <laughs> it? Is it? Right. My mind's instantly like, oh, we're people, but we're not with spirit. Um, so, okay. I, in a sentence, I suppose um, I am 26. I would describe myself as a writer through and through. Um, I think everything that I kind of do in life comes down to um, how no scratch that I think everything in life comes down to how we perceive it so everyone perceives something different and I think a lot of that lends itself well to poetry so um, you know some people would describe themselves as artists and I think I'm a writer in that um, everything I kind of process I'm constantly thinking how can I put that into writing uh, that's a lot more than a few words <laughs> I'm terribly at this at this task um no that's beautiful yeah. yeah for sure and have you always um you know did you start writing poetry right away or have you also written sort of fiction or prose or longer longer form wow so I guess this goes back to like when I was like 13 or 14 I was like super emo kid um, <laughs> weren't <laughs> so we all <laughs> I, I would write a lot of really bad poetry because of like the music I was listening to was super deep and like um yeah so I would write in the back of like my workbook like super bad writing but um <laughs> and then as I got older I kind of like crafted it a bit more I guess um when I went to uni my lecturer um, I started writing a bit of prose and my lecturer was like this is really flowery have you considered poetry oh. <laughs> so I was like oh that's actually yeah the path that I'd thought about a bit as I was younger but because it was so like dramatic like I am darkness I am death <laughs> um, I guess I revisited it when I was a bit more yeah a bit more mature and had a little bit more experience of writing but um, it's kind of more poetry that I stick to now yeah mm. I, don't, I don't have the patience for prose like anyone who writes prose I have so much respect for so I'm just like how can you sit down and like chip away at that for such a long time it's crazy yeah I, I feel the same you know there is this author called Robert Green who um he's written those books called Mastery and the 50th Law of Power like business and development books and wow. those books are super thick like really thick and he writes his when he's talking about his process he's working on these books for like five to ten years on That's one single book and I'm always thinking like I can't even stick to like I don't know a, a personal habit for like <laughs> half a year you know I, guess. I wonder if that's like because you know poets are writing a lot about themselves and maybe in five years time you've changed so much that you anything that you're writing wouldn't be accurate anymore whereas someone who's writing fiction they kind of have this world made up in their heads anyway don't they so maybe mm. that's why that's we're true yeah Hi. for sure <laughs> yeah and so how did you uh get into the spoken poetry part of it because would you say today that you are uh 50% a, a, a writing writer and then 50% a performing poet oh, is that accurate well, um I think when I was a bit younger I had a stutter so when I got too nervous I would like trip up on my p's and my d's oh. um so my um my teacher at school kind of gave me elocution lessons and part of that was to um recite a poem and I guess I kind of got into 
that side of it. But I am a page poet. <laughs> There's like a joke running that is like page poets versus spoken word performers. Mm-hmm. It's a very different kind of art. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... I prefer page poetry because there's just so much you can do like visually it's almost like artwork compared to like spoken word which is almost like musical Mm. um and I think yeah there's a lot to be said for both crafts and I enjoy both but I'm definitely more of a page poet okay yeah and but did you start performing your your poems right away or is this something that has come now the last couple of years um it kind of yeah it's quite recently I think since like school and my education lessons um I was always like really nervous because I saw it almost as like a punishment uh for having you know my stutter or my accent that I have um so yeah it kind of it was really the invention of social media so you'd see like these events pop up of really cool poetry scenes um and I just kind of wanted to make friends and the only way to do that was to turn up at these events um and like I'd just go on my own and I'd stand there like oh god I'm so scared to talk to anyone but it turns out that you know everyone was just so nice and so kind like a lot of people tended to be kind of social outcasts anyway and that's why they were there so Mm. Yeah, I think there's a really good places to make friends and just experience live poetry as well and and hone your craft in that way. Yeah, for sure. I can relate to that when I moved to London and I started playing uh, open mics with my guitar. I had never, you know, been singing in front of anyone and I was so nervous. But it was like the best way to practice doing what I do because everyone there are so supportive and I find the same when I go to like a spoken word night people are so supportive of each other and I feel like people are just happy that someone is walking up on the stage and you know doing something of the night Um, yeah definitely and I think as well there's a really cool thing um I don't know if you would have experienced this you probably will have good spoken word nights but people click instead Mm. of clapping and like the amount of times I've been and maybe someone has stumbled over a word or they've forgotten a poem and everyone's like really Mm. clicking loads to like get them uh, to encourage them and it's just like just little things like that that I've never experienced anywhere else but I mean you so you went straight to an open mic night you've never sang in front of anyone before and you just went in the deep end kind of thing well I had I had sort of been singing for my friends and in school and stuff but I had never you know, been on my own in front of people I don't know. And it was super scary. But, you know, yeah. it was the best because I went to those smaller open mic nights and there were, you know, maybe like 10 people in the room and they weren't there to listen to me. But it mm. felt like it, you know. But it was the best practice. That's how you slowly become comfortable doing what you do, I think, just starting somewhere. Do you find that performing to say five people is more scary or less scary than performing to a room full of people oh for sure for sure now I do because you know when there's just five people they have you know a hundred percent attention on you (laughs) and so you can't do you can't lose them for a second while if there's a whole room of people I feel like they are kind of occupied yeah (laughs) you like read their faces as well can't you it's a bit too like condensed (laughs) Mm, yeah for sure yeah um so let's go back to the social media that you mentioned um and you actually got or I got a few questions um so we we should say we both 
posted on our Instagram that people could ask questions. Um, And I knew that there would be a lot of people uh, asking things because I've never had a poet on this podcast before. So that's an honor. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's super fun. So um, I'm going to give this girl a shout out. Emily of Anides. I think that's how you say it. Asks, talk about how she built a following online. Oh, okay. Um, so <laughs> this goes back um, maybe five or six years. I used to do um, a lot of modeling um, and it was kind of a lot of fashion modeling. Um, and I've had Instagram since it first started. So I've you know been on there quite a while. Um, and yeah, so I think I originally got that following um, through that really. Um, and then as I kind of came away from modeling and focus more on my poetry um I found I had this weird thing where I had all these kind of young teenage boys following me basically um and then I wasn't producing that kind of content anymore so my Instagram kind of stagnated um but then I I really kind of tried to stay true to what I wanted to do now um modeling was great for the time but I I kind of grew out of that um and I just kind of kept slugging at it and it turned out that I kind of grew a different kind of following mm. um and it kind of went from there really yeah. that's that's a, I find it's so interesting with the social media following nowadays because it's you know we're changing all the time and we're growing yeah. up and I started you know my Twitter when I was like 15 wow you know so and I I feel the same that with every project I release, like a record or a book, obviously I have grown up a little bit. I've changed, and my what I what I want to write about is changing. And so, with every new project, I lose maybe a little bit of the audience because they can't um, align with what I write about anymore. But at the same time, I find a new small audience that now can align to what I talk about. But Definitely. it. it I think that- fears like overlap as well so um you know when I was doing my modeling I did a lot of like hair modeling and stuff so you know young girls who may be interested in like fashion who will follow me I think poetry and art will also well that appeals to everyone really but like specifically you know the the different kind of following that I was gathering now but yeah you're totally right like you know following isn't everything um it's nice to have your work out there um I just kind of yeah, you have to evolve as you grow, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's take another question that we got since we were on them now. Um, Leonora Gabriella asks, who is your biggest inspiration in work, life and love? Oh, my gosh. I think that's <laughs> like separate questions. Yeah. Um, okay, my biggest inspiration in life is my mom, 100%. Aww. Yeah, she's um, she's just she's this little fairy lady who. Um, so when we were growing up, she always um, like told us stories about like fairies and unicorns, and um, I believed in Santa right up until I was about like eleven because oh. like it was a very magical household. Um, and then now, even after like retiring and stuff, she crafts. So she crafts these like beautiful 
like goblins and pixies and flowers and stuff um and it just always kind of inspired me to keep that magic in your life even you know as you grow older you've got to keep that element so life isn't boring I suppose Mm. um yeah and she's just kind of she definitely is my idol in all three of those categories I think yeah that's beautiful (laughs) and is she a writer too or is she into literature or um so no she's not really a writer um she she was a ballerina for Birmingham World Ballet wow Uh, that's cool she's very like artistic she's always done a crafting um she always like read to me before like bed um yeah shout out to Mama Ward (laughs) (laughs) amazing um so let's dive a little bit into your book um When when was your book published? It was so it was published. Well, the launch party was the twenty eighth of June. Mm. Um, so it's still new and it's still kind of crazy that I have it in my hand. It's, yeah, it's mad. <laughs> no, I was thinking it was probably super new. So uh, this is your first poetry collection, and it's called Ache. Yeah. And you uh, managed to uh, land yourself a publishing deal with Verve publishing yeah, is that um, what it's called Verve Poetry Press yeah mm-hmm. they they're Birmingham based I was super lucky um I placed in a competition in I think it was like the end of 2017 start oh. of 2018 um and yeah and then I was talking to Stuart who is like the founder the the, the guy the Verve guy <laughs> um and I said to him like I really want to make a, a collection. And he was like, you're not ready. <laughs> he was like, you need to take your journey. And it was the best advice ever because it would have been um, a completely different book to what it is now. Mm. Um, he just said to me, like, you know, there's there's some companies that just want to churn out books. Um, but he wanted to really, he really valued my experience and my journey as a writer individually. Um, and I really am so grateful for that because I, Yeah, I've, I've learned a lot in that year, um, going to workshops, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, and then the kind of latter part of last year, we sat down and we're like, right, okay, let's let's do this. And it was a lot of backwards and forwards, editing. Um, yeah, and then we finally got Ike. <laughs> so it's been a long, a long process then, it sounds like. Yeah, um, Definitely. I've always wanted to have my own collection. Um, I was considering self-publishing. I decided against that in the end. Um, yeah, and then I, I think the hardest stage was probably picking the cover. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is difficult. It's not something that I've ever, like, thought about. I was just like, yeah, I want a book. But when it came to actually making it, I was like, oh, yeah, I've got to think about what it looks like as well. Mm. And um Yeah, so uh, there's a lot of going backwards and forwards. It's like, can you just make it a bit bigger? Move it up, move it down. <laughs> yeah. We got there. <laughs> yeah, there's so many elements you don't think about. Is it like that when I published my first book, I, I hadn't thought of how hard it is to format the, you know, the interior of the book and make it look perfect with the pages should end up, you know, in the right way. And oh my God, I had to go in and tweak so many times. <laughs> yeah, difficult how did you kind of come up with the idea for your cover same it was the hardest thing and but I think <laughs> the the artworks 
came when I decided on the titles because I also had always so much issues deciding on the titles and I you know I started with a list of like 50 ideas and then slowly got them down to 40 and then like and then I always lived with three different titles for a while and I couldn't decide and I'm like oh my god um (laughs) But once I had decided on the title, it's I find it easier to decide, you know, to to feel what's right for the cover. Yeah, definitely. I think um, I had a similar process, <clears throat> but um, I think mine was more like as my collection was taking shape. The last poem, well, the last but one poem in the book is uh, called Buttercup, and um, yeah, and that that's that's what I ended choosing. I thought I. Uh, ended up choosing for my cover because I kind of liked that cyclical kind of feeling that it ends and it starts with these um, flowers that mean so much. Mm. Yeah, so, your cover is beautiful. I love it. Thank you, <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, there's a, like a old wives tale that say if you hold a buttercup under your chin, you can see whether you like butter or not. And obviously, because they're quite waxy, if it reflects the yellow, which like it does, it's like, oh, you like butter. And I really liked how it was that kind of like almost proposal to someone, like, do you like butter? And that's kind of what that poem is about. Oh, that's beautiful. So <laughs> this might be, be could be a good place um, if you would like to read one of your poems. Yeah. Um, so I will read Buttercup, seeing as it was the inspiration um i'm just gonna put my phone down so yeah okay buttercup waxy mustard saucers they are spilling shades of citrine as they pour reflecting it onto peach down skin when thrust under my chin my face is jutted dayward and the glowing orb at my throat confirms yes i love my love i love But if I lift my left hand to your lips and under your gaze, will it turn yours yellow too? When you announce to me, I do, like a lime litmus of truth. The buds grow anxious. These acres of stemmed proposals, these fields of cracked yolks, they all ask, do you love, my love? Do you love? If I rip enough fistfuls out from their quilted earth beds, and gather them all to your face where they shine all the brighter as little ochre oracles when you promise to me every one of your tomorrows will you love my love will you always love yeah so um i wrote that um after my now fiance proposed to me um and i guess it was kind of this idea of the, all these little yellow flowers are asking you a question, like, do you like butter? And it, it kind of meant so much more um, to me after being proposed to, like this idea of like the questioning and like, will you always want want to marry me, I suppose. That's <laughs> yeah. beautiful. That's so nice. I love, I love your accent when you're reading poetry. Oh, thank you. I think sometimes when I get nervous, I, I put on a bit of a firm voice. And then when I read, I kind of I get a bit more into my my black country Midlands kind of swing. <laughs> it's beautiful because it, it added like a bit of rhythm to it. Yeah, well, um, so the black country accent, uh, it's called black country because it's a, a, a mining town. There's a lot of coal mines in the Midlands. Um, and traditionally, 
our accent is kind of looked down on as a bit common or whatever. And that's one of the reasons my teacher told me to have elocution lessons. It was like, oh, we need to iron out those vowels. Um, but yeah, like the Midlands accent has a really kind of pendulous rhythmic sound to it, mm. um, which I think is very homely and quite comforting and a bit musical as well. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Super nice. <laughs> I feel like it's really clear just reading a few of your poems, but I also got a lot of questions about this, um, about mental health and, you know, the craft of writing or poetry. And um, I love that so many people ask about it because I feel just the last couple of years, um, more and more people have started to find poetry uh, because of mental health, because of so many... Uh, poets you know use mental health as a way to um write I guess and and they you know it's a way to open up about the subject um so I wanted to ask do you have any personal experiences with um issues with mental health or uh what what does that mean to you Yeah, so I think um, the process of writing is quite cathartic it's quite therapeutic um I think particularly poetry because it's quite um, biographical almost. Um, I think it's it's Oscar Wilde when um, the artist says that he doesn't want to paint someone because it will have too much of himself in it and people will see too much of the artist. I think that's definitely the case with poetry as well. Um, There's a lot of uh, a lot of people say that they're too nervous to read their poems because it will it will. Uh, make them so vulnerable and I think you know it does but also it gives you such an opportunity to open up um I've had like yeah a lot of history with mental health issues with eating disorders um but I think through my writing I was able to kind of document it um and I was very conscious when making my book that I didn't want it to be a book of tragedy I wanted it to kind of be a friend for someone that was going through shit but also um a beacon of hope as well so I do talk about um, my difficulty with certain mental health issues in the book but I also wanted to make sure that it was an ultimate gloom that um you know there were certain ones that documented recovery um and you know even though that's difficult and dirty and blood covered sometimes um you know it is an ongoing process but it is also achievable um Yeah, and I think there is a lot more people writing about their mental health now. And I think a lot of that has to do with social media, the fact that people can open up about it now. And I think that's really important that people don't feel so alone anymore. Um, And I'm so grateful that every person that's reached out to me and said, um, I feel seen by your your poetry. Uh, And that's a real honour that maybe one poem reached out to one person in the world so they didn't feel so alone anymore I think it's super important as well to talk about mental health issues you know we wouldn't be ashamed to say oh I've got the flu I can't come into work but there's so many people that feel that they can't have a mental health day because they will be judged or they will have it refused and it is in no way any less yeah no, that's so true. And I, I am really hopeful because I feel like it, it is being more and more accepted, um, you know, that you want to take care of your mental health. And um, I feel it's going, it's it's getting better, 
with the society I feel yeah have you ever found that um in any of your songs you've worried too much that maybe people will know too much about you if they hear that song Mm, yeah for sure (laughs) but but it's also really interesting because um there's been a few times where I have um written about something uh, and I didn't maybe consciously think that I was writing about uh, a specific issue like a mental health issue but then I got an email from someone saying uh, oh I was struggling with eating disorders and that song really hit me and I was like oh I didn't know I was writing about that but now when you say it I guess you know actually that's what I was I was just trying to hide it in 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 uh, metaphors I guess yeah absolutely and sometimes owning up to it to yourself can be so difficult Mm. that yeah I I agree I think sometimes it does kind of leak out in your work without you realizing it it's quite insidious Mm, yeah but that's the beauty of art I feel like you can you can say something in so many ways and you know the even if it's a song or a poem, it will grow with you. And in 10 years, you're going to maybe realize, oh, this was actually what it was about all along, but I didn't see it until now. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think, you know, there's so many different avenues of art that people can take. My my sister's actually started um, doing art therapy at mm. uni um, because it, it just helps people so much, whether it's painting or writing. It's just that expression. Mm. Um and I saw a really great post the other day on Facebook, I think it was, that said, um, it's so sad that people feel like they have to be good at it to do it rather than it just being an activity like dancing or singing. Like you don't have to be good at things to enjoy doing them. Mm. I think that's so important. Yeah, for sure. I feel like that is maybe, you know, you can blame social media a bit because I think that so many people think if I'm going to write a poem, I have to post it on Instagram or like someone needs to know about it. Otherwise it doesn't matter. And I think, you know, it's the most beautiful thing to create something just for yourself. You don't even have to tell anyone you did it. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? I'm going to take that advice, Charlotte. That's really good advice. I know sometimes like I have felt like, oh, I've written this. I, um, I need to share it. So that my algorithm or whatever, like Mm. it was actually really difficult when I was making my book I couldn't share any of it pre-published date Mm. um and I was like oh my god I'm itching to show people and then I kind of had to sit back and think like why like am I just doing it because I need that kind of approval that I'm going somewhere that I'm not going stagnant um but yeah I'm going to take that advice I'm not going to share everything I write yeah I'm going to take the advice myself (laughs) (laughs) yeah but it's a it's a good practice you know it's like just do something for yourself you don't have to always People don't don't have to know everything about you, I think. Oh yeah, totally. So if you if you could dream, you know, build up your dream scenario, what uh, would your dreams and ambitions be as a poet? Oh, you know what? I feel like I have achieved so many of those ambitions so far. Like the biggest was just having my own collection. Um, being able to reach people with my writing has always been my goal. Like, I don't care if it doesn't sell and I don't make any money. Like, that's really low on the priority list. I just wanted to be able to reach people. Um, I love the fact that I'm gigging so much at the minute, which is really cool. I'm getting to meet loads of people, um, see loads of places. Uh, my next kind of step, I've applied to be Poet Laureate of, like, my area. So, like, fingers crossed, that would be awesome. Mm. Um, because 
the current poet laureate, Emily Rose Galvin, she was the first female poet laureate of our area, um, which is quite, yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Like in all time, there's only ever been her. Mm. Okay. All the rest of the women. Um, and I would love to kind of like carry on the mantle from her. Um, I'd love to, yeah, just kind of carry on with that legacy that she's laid down as like a female laureate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously gender isn't everything, but I just thought it was really cool that she was the first woman that kind of took it on. So what would that mean? What do you do if if you get that role? We, oh, don't, okay. we don't have that in Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> so poet laureate, so the poet laureate of the UK is kind of like um, the UK's official poet. So at the moment, it's Simon Armitage. It was Caroline Duffy. Um, it's kind of like yeah, the official poet of that area. So um, I know that they have to do a lot of kind of commissions for the area. Um, they represent wherever they're from in certain events um they write to kind of represent the area we're from so i mentioned that staffordshire has a lot of mining heritage um we have a lot of like forest areas that are being cut down where um a lot of deer are being killed around here because there's too many too many deer Mm. (laughs) but we're building on their garden really so um yeah so there's a lot of kind of identity in this area that i really feel i can write about as poet laureate so i really hope I get that <laughs> but if not I'll try again in two years but yes yeah, so there is a lot of responsibility that comes with it and also you have to mentor a lot of the writers in the area so there's a lot of responsibility that goes with it but it sounds like good fun as well <laughs> that sounds super fun and how yeah. uh, is it like a voting system or is it like a an important person who decides <laughs> an important person <laughs> the poetry gods um, <laughs> so from what I understand I had to kind of send in uh, almost like a writing CV um, and you have to show that you can um, write about your area um, and then I believe it's kind of like an interview process and there's a few judges um, I haven't got that far yet but I will keep everyone updated <laughs> with how we go yeah Amazing. I hope you will get it. That would be so Thank cool. You. <laughs> um, okay, we're going to take a one last Twitter question. And then I thought you could uh, close it off with one more poem, if you feel like yeah. it. Perfect. Yeah, cool. So the Penguins and Coppers asks. Actually, I know that his name was longer, but it, uh, it didn't fit on <laughs> my screenshot. <laughs> he asks, how to cope with repetitive haunting thoughts from the past? which does not let you focus on the present. Wow. Mm-hmm. So I guess um, that's a very difficult question. And I guess it would be different for everyone else. Mm. Um, so if you, if this person is kind of referring to um, traumatic things from the past, um, honestly, my experience with that has always been... Um, to go therapy um I think everyone should have at least one counseling session because they're just so healthy they're so good for you to unpack things that have been in your brain um and sometimes they help you see the world in ways that you didn't even realize before so they'll just ask you a really simple question and you'll answer it and you'll be like oh I understand that in a whole new light now um and I think we pick up so many unhealthy traits in our lives that um it's 
really beneficial sometimes for someone to kind of unpack your brain and ask, why do you think like that? Why are you holding on to that? Um, I know therapy isn't always an option for everyone because of, you know, the way the NHS is very overstretched at the minute. Um, private therapy isn't always an option for everyone. Um, so I think on a more kind of basic level, a way to kind of get rid of old thoughts I have found personally try and shove your head with as many new ones as you can mm-hmm. um so I, I'm always busy I've always got a project going or I'm always like making plans um trying to just kind of live in the moment um yeah that's a very good question though thank you for that <laughs> yeah it's a hard question you can you can definitely write a novel about just that question I feel <laughs> yeah definitely Amazing. Okay, then uh, I will give you uh, the stage for another poem. Okay, thank you. Um, So I spoke a little earlier about how I didn't want to write a book that was just full of tragedy. um, And I wanted it to kind of be a beacon of hope and maybe reach a few people if I can. So this one is called Recovery. In small sips, remind your body what it is to be nourished. Drink tea, milky sugared. Force a dust-covered wall switch to click on light. Sing along to the tap water hitting a bone-dry sink. Imagine everything blooming as you swallow it, like Indian ink or watercolour, or the blooded gums of a fire-eater lightening up the corners of your stomach, corneas of your eyes and the liquid pool inside your ears. Remind yourself that you are more than just a cave or anything else that is measured by its emptiness. Make room for something other than the nothing. Be careful. Sip slowly so as not to bloat. The knots you unpack will leave rope burns on your hands. Remember how you had once become a sailor's net. Your body will leak salt as though anointing itself in the waves of its own sea. You are done drowning now. Each spoon is a cargo ship. Each plate is a harbour. We all pray for safe passage this time. The cutlery will applaud as you open the drawer. The captain bows. You eat. So yeah, that's kind of a quite self-explanatory. It's kind of a, a poem that I wrote to myself, really, um, to remember that, yeah, you are more than just a cave or anything else that is measured by its emptiness like you are allowed to take up space um and we should all stop trying to make ourselves smaller because <laughs> we deserve to be here yeah of course it's beautiful so beautiful thank you um so if people want to uh, read more about your book or pick it up where can they find it online or uh, both online and in store i guess yeah so uh the easiest way would probably be through my Instagram, so it's scarlet.ward, and I have the link in my bio. It takes you to Verve Poetry Press. Um, a really interesting thing I just want to quickly say, uh, I never realised before um, to kind of check my reading habits or my buying habits. So um, whenever a writer posts about buying through their shop, it's actually really important because Amazon and all these kind of big corporations, they take such a huge percentage off these small individual artists um, and the artist actually only sees 10% of whatever is made because these corporations take so much. So, And it's something that I never realised before because I always just bought off Amazon thinking, oh, yeah, my book will come tomorrow. And actually, you know, as great as it is, if you want to support these people, like it's better to go through their individual pages. So 
yeah, just a quick mention. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true, for sure. Perfect. Thank you so much for being on my podcast, Scarlett. Oh, thank you for having me. And thank you, everyone, for the questions and everyone for listening. <laughs> you know, some people I talk to and I'm just in awe of how wise they feel. Scarlett was one of those people. I kept hearing how she talked about poetry and academics and I kept... I could have just kept listening to her talking about everything she's doing for so long. And it's really cool to get to connect with people like this, even if it's just virtually. Once again, go check out her book, Ache. And please let her know that you listen to the podcast and that you enjoy her work. Small presses, smaller poets. You know, poetry... It's not a very commercial thing to work with. It's a very small market. And even the most successful poets, whatever that means, it's hard to keep doing it. So just like independent artists needs independent supporters, small presses and self-published or independently published authors need your support too. So... Just like she also said in the episode, if you truly love an author and you see that they have published through a small press or by themselves, it is very, very helpful if you go and buy it straight from their websites because the big uh, giant demon Amazon takes around 60-70% um, of the full cost. So if you want to support the smaller creators in the world go straight to them give them a little message saying thank you for keep doing what you do Uh, because you know imagine a world where those people stop doing what they do imagine a world without independent music or smaller authors or smaller writers that world would be so empty just full of commercial polished stuff we need all the levels all the layers so let's keep supporting art and creators Thank you guys for listening and let me know what you think. I am always hanging out on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube. You can literally write to me anywhere and I promise I will answer. I love you. Bye bye.